0: hi everybody welcome to prep yourself with alexis holzer and this is danny nelson
1: yay yay We didn't melt. (laughs) We
0: survived the heat wave. Oh, my God. I think we're still mid-heat wave, though. Well, I'm always hot, so. That is true. I can verify that for anyone who hasn't met Lex before. (laughs) Just hot 24-7. Still got it. Because she runs a high temperature internally. I'm just kidding. (laughs) It's 99.9 always. Always. Uh, Yeah, it's pretty warm outside. I'm feeling great about it, though. Yeah. Every time someone's like, "I'm really hot," I'm like, "Right? It's so good." Yeah, I love so it. So good.
1: They're like, "I'm hot." I'm like, "Did you check out the Spotify playlist that the Office of Emergency Management put together?" So no, good. you didn't. Because <laughs> you're not cool enough. Because it would have cooled you down. I really liked it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I thought it was gonna be all this stuff like dumb heat songs, but I was like, "Summer, summer, summertime." <laughs> 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 A little fresh prince. There was there was heat wave, you know. Some, but it was fun. There was some um, AFO. Is that one of the bands? Oh, are you talking about um,
0: AMFO? We are the worst right now.
1: (laughs) (laughs) We know bands. It's cool. (laughs) Nope. LMFAO. No, that's new one. This was old one, like nineties. Like, um, oh, Abercrombie and Fitch. I like girls who wear Abercrombie and Fitch. No. Nope. This is when we need Leafs' 90s <laughs> musical yeah. knowledge.
0: Any movie, 100%, I'll be able to tell you about it. Music. Well, I like all of those guys, like like Third Eye Blind, Nickelback. Like they all are like one band to me. Oh, yeah. They're the same. Mm-hmm. I don't know who they are.
1: Me neither. Obviously. But <laughs> I'm looking at the playlist. <laughs> <laughs> is on here? Yeah. So we put that on our website, Facebook. Uh, check it out. It'll get you through the rest of the summer. And I thought it was cool that, you know, a city, Office of Emergency Management, put a, together a playlist. They're just so hip like we are.
0: Yep. Totally. Reaching out
1: to the young kids, getting them excited. All those,
0: all those youngsters who are just waiting for the right mentor in their preparedness. That's who they're going the new for.
1: 30, people? <laughs>
0: 40's the new I'm still 15
1: (laughs) (laughs) around our friends (laughs) yes Uh, I love.
0: also don't forget speaking of the office of emergency management still not ready to talk about it but September 13th should be on your calendar
1: do it you should plan to
0: be in the Fremont area
1: yeah there is some questions about hey I already signed up for this basic aid class I'm like don't go. Don't, don't get basic aid training. Come to our event. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, there will be
0: other basic first aid uh, classes because one of the um, fun things, so don't forget September 13th, put it on your calendar. But as we move on, uh, shout out to our friend Fergie who um, not only got a upgraded first aid kit for our friend group, which is also a so-called sporting league. Um, (laughs) It's (laughs) kickball. It's kickball where there's sports that happen. Oh, my God. Uh, But we constantly hurt ourselves. And as we get older, it's just like more and more. It's a lot of hurting ourselves. And so part of getting that upgraded first aid kit is we're trying to plan a uh, first aid class just for that group of people during Mm -hmm. the off season, which is really nice because all of us are going to be better if there's more people who have knowledge around Bandaging up the stuff. Yeah. So if you've been drinking stuff. too
1: much, your buddy also knows basic first aid. Right. Who might have also been drinking, but maybe not as much. Yeah. And you can just keep
0: going down the line until you find a sober-ish type person. Yeah. And then they can, you know, heal heal your wounds. Yeah. I don't think they're going to heal soul. your wounds.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. Your soul. <laughs> they're going to soothe you with their sweet songs. <laughs> That's my job. You're just going to have that playlist on repeat.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Seattle Office of Emergency Management, we're going to need you to make another playlist. <laughs> it's called Soothe My Wound. <laughs> and it's a playlist that you can put on while you're doing first aid. Oh my gosh. So, um, last week, if you listened to the episode, you know that I um, gave Lex a gift of <laughs> steel wool, a 9 volt battery, steel and some. Wool. <laughs> What did I just say? You said it right. Oh, I did? Yeah. Look, see, if I don't think about it, I could say steel wool. Yep. Was Good. that right? Yep. I also had to, like, reform my mouth to say that. <laughs> I'm like, Does it doesn't come out naturally. <laughs> so we immediately went outside to, because it was before the burn ban inside the city limits started because of the heat wave, went outside and immediately tried to set it on fire.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: We failed. Totally. I have a bunch of theories about it. It took us
1: like 30 minutes to realize, like, but this is not happening tonight. Because
0: here's the thing. I didn't, like, look up directions for it because it's something I'd just done in the past and uh-huh. I just know how to do. So it's not like I looked it up. After we failed, I looked up the directions. Nothing we were doing was wrong.
1: Oh, I thought you're you were saying nothing we are doing is right. No. Like, oh, you're I'm not
0: literally surprised. supposed to just be able to touch it to the yeah. steel wool and the steel wool, like, combusts. Yeah. So I think that there were two problems. One is that we were using an SOS pad, so uh-huh. it had um, all, the soap, on all it. the soap on it. But it's even if it's wet, it's supposed to still combust. Mm-hmm. Like it's that's one of the really nice things about carrying that around. Although you can't carry a lot, the downside of it is you can't carry very much. So you it, it's only good for a couple of times before mm-hmm. you're like, and now I'm out of steel wool.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, but it's great because you can use it when you're wet and and all that kind of stuff. I, I and then maybe the lint had too much dog hair in it use, um, or too um, much fabric, fabric softener.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I just took what was ever in the so thing. So we're trying to light this dryer lint on fire, With and it's soap. just Dylan hair, like, burning in my face. <laughs> 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 it it it's would so. Like, you can see that it would work. Something wasn't quite, quite right, though, because yep. we would touch it to it, and it would spark. We'd go... <gasps> And then it would just smell like burned hair, and then we'd do it again. And we'd, nope, Dylan. But we did try for like half an hour. Yeah, we did. We didn't give
0: up no. fast, but then eventually we had to give up.
1: So, so, <laughs> I'm
0: now on a mission.
1: I got a new gift this <laughs> week. It's as big as my head. It's primitive fire bow drill.
0: Yep. It's I don't set. even
1: know what to say. It's
0: a bow drill set. I'm so excited for you.
1: Yeah. So this is he used this in Castaway. Like yep. he had this going, and I was like, Oh man, I'm never going to use one of those, but they're so cool. And now I own one. You're going to own. I co-own one. I can't let you just <laughs> give this to me outright because it's too cool. It's way too cool. Um, and I opened it, and Mike goes, "There's a burn ban." I'm like, "Damn it, <laughs> Mike!" He's Which- so good about like planning and getting the things, but man, by the book. I this know, guy is by the book.
0: Which is totally legit, because totally. I don't want to be playing with my, neighborhood on fire, fire in the backyard, and then they're like, what were you guys doing? Oh, just some survival techniques.
1: And we were practicing living. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, I'm really excited about this. There's a lot of instructions, so I think it yeah. might take us more than a half an hour. But I'm willing well, to put in the time.
0: Yeah, bow drills are interesting too because it's 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 it's, phys- it's physically taxing to do. Yeah, like it is not an easy thing, but it is something that like this is a really cool kit that I got for Lex and that you can find on. Um, uh, another place that should sponsor us, a little company called Amazon.
1: <laughs> Anytime, Jeff.
0: <laughs> um, they So all of the components of it you can make in the wilderness, mm-hmm. as long as you have a knife. The only thing is you really do yeah. have to have so a knife like to be able to make it.
1: Pieces but, up and string.
0: Yeah. So I guess you could find some But the, you could make string. You could potentially make all of these parts. It's much easier if you have like a pre-made thing. Uh, but the thing that I found that I, in the past when I've done these with um, backcountry trail crews is that the uh, string is the part that's the hardest to make. So mm. if you can have rope, like parachute cord, that sort I of do. thing.
1: And you do. We both have that. We do. Mm-hmm. In our packs. Yeah, Yeah. I'm really excited to try this out. Yep. It'll be good. I didn't know what I was going to do this next weekend, but
0: now I know. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's the minute the burn ban is over yeah. we're just gonna be out there yeah. with our bow drill don't come after me bow drilling all the time so um, thank you once again absolutely i'm determined to find what you you know like how people um who go into martial arts like they try out a bunch of different uh weapons before they find like what their specialty weapon what is. their calling was like i think we need to find your fire specialty weapon
1: i think it's matches <laughs> I'm really good at it.
0: <laughs> True. Like we mentioned last week, you should always have a primary fire starter around, yes. mm-hmm. which is a lighter or matches. Dance moves.
1: And your dance. Moves. I've heard that song so many times now. <laughs> it was on the playlist too. Nice. Somebody call nine one one. I'm not going to sing it again. But Too you bad. should all listen the time. to last week's episode.
0: Maybe that should be our outro. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Go,
0: call somebody and get those rights reserved. Um, yeah, to so we failed reserved.
1: last time, but I'm I'm gonna persevere with my fired, with my bow drill. Yep, I think you're gonna do it. Thank you. So I want to hear about, I
0: know nothing about this other than you mentioned that it happened. What was this presentation at work?
1: Okay. So I got these um, brochures about the Seattle Office of Emergency Management, how to get your go bag together, and communications plan. We talked about it, the cute little designed ones. Yep. And I got a bunch of them. Got, not stole. And I saved one so I could put it on our huddle board at work and during our like weekly team meeting say... Hey, you guys know I'm into emergency preparedness. Here's a brochure that we could that you can take, and um, I didn't even know what to say. I was like looking at them, and they're all looking at me, staring. And I was like, um, I don't want to save all of you guys, so if you could get your bags together too, it would be great. <laughs> it's like you can go to Fred Meyer or Costco and buy a bag for like forty dollars, and then you won't have to drink my water. And they're like, what? Like how your introduction to the topic
0: is, hey, I'm looking out for myself, yeah, and I really need as part of that for you to do the same. I
1: was trying to phrase it in a way of like I'm looking out for you guys, right? And just that the Seattle, the Seattle overall seems like it's heightened in terms of preparedness, and I don't know if it's like news is slow in the summer, but King Five doing their thing and. Office of Emergency Management, maybe because we're looking for it. It's just this everywhere and this simulations and things. And it just felt right to also bring it to work because we never talk about it. I don't even, we do the fire drills, but I don't know what an earthquake drill is. Right. But I just wanted to bring that up to them and show them this brochure and like say, hey, you can take a copy of this. It has a communications plan in it so you can talk to your people and know what you're going to do. I don't think it went over very well. It hasn't moved from the huddle board <laughs> off its little magnet. I don't think anyone's taken it and made a copy or anything. I'm just like, I want to save you guys, and I don't want to like, but I don't want to personally save you. So
0: <laughs> I want to save you guys by having you save yourselves.
1: Yeah. Well, isn't that what we're doing? I mean,
0: yes, absolutely. But I will say that I fully understand that there is a population out there who just doesn't want to deal with it. Complete Does not blind care. eye. I live with one, Mm -hmm. a member of that population. (laughs) Um, He's really excited about all the things I'm doing. Mm -hmm. He doesn't want me to talk about them for more than maybe 10 seconds before he's like, "Uh, and now I'm over here thinking about anything other than that. (laughs) Um, But he's really glad, like when other people bring it up, he's like, oh yeah, Danny's got that taken care of. So I'm like, yeah, I do. (laughs) I
1: like it. I gotta take it care of. Yeah. So that was kind of my work <laughs> fail. But then I also did a presentation, sort of not a presentation, but um, our neighborhood our neighborhood had the night out on oh, yeah. Tuesday last week, and so again the brochures. Actually, the one that I took from the uh, SNAP meeting oh, o- yeah. over the weekend, I took and I made a bunch of copies and went around to my neighbors at the night out and said, hey, I'm going to put together this emergency prep thing. Do you guys have your, you know, supplies together? And no, nobody does really. I think maybe a few people had some water or, or food, um, And but I found out someone on my block is a nurse, and uh, there's a lot of people that... Uh, build stuff. Oh, that's cool. Um, I don't know. I think that there's a lot of skills around the neighborhood and there's a ton of kids. So I think that we could really benefit from at least getting together one time, having some wine and uh, talking about how we can be better prepared as a neighborhood. I love it. So I handed out these flyers and said, you don't have to do anything, but when I send out this email, just let me know if you want to participate or not. And we'll host it at our neighbor's house with the big house and Make him give us all wine. <laughs> Thanks, Pietro. <laughs> he was cool with it. Nice. Um, so th- I would say that was a lot, uh, that went over a lot better than the work one. Yeah. So I will say that uh, today,
0: when we were getting ready to sit down for this podcast, we get very thirsty because we're talking so much. Mm-hmm. So we usually have a beverage. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lex told me that every bit of wine that we drink now was wine we wouldn't have for our (laughs) emergency survival. So what are we drinking? Not wine. I was cut off. What I'm saying is I was cut off (laughs) from the immediate wine supply. So I'll be bringing my own in the future. (laughs) Yeah.
1: But I'm excited about this neighborhood thing. Yeah. I think it's really cool. Yeah. So I met the lady at the SNAP meeting who she was like, well, what block do you live on? And I told her and she was like, you're mine. And I was like, okay, you seem with it. Um, so yeah, you just get your neighbors together and someone comes and makes a presentation and I think they help you figure out what skills do people have? What, how can, who's home during the day? Who can call? What's your communication plan? So. How many people do you think showed up to your neighborhood thing? Oh, we get a good showing because they're, they're pretty good friends around here. Um, I don't know, 30. Nice. I love that. When go. we try to do uh, things on our
0: neighborhood block, probably 15-ish, yeah. maybe, the most ever I've seen. I Usually it's, it's like two families, just like in the street. People have lived here playing. for a
1: long time, yep. and they have kids. They've grown up together, so a lot. it's like, let's all get out, have the kids go run around together. We'll be over here barbecuing and drinking beer. Yep. And I'm like, and getting prepared for emergencies. And they're like, Okay. <laughs> I guess if we have to. Yeah, because the next day I, I talked to my neighbor and I was like, so, did she tell you all about the, the flyer? I was totally kidding with him. He's like, no. I was like, oh, she didn't even mention it?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was a really important conversation we had. It really um, was. So. But speaking of handing out those flyers, which you did an amazing job. Thank like you. Like, you're out there, you're a pusher. You're a preparedness pusher. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm just trying in my mm-hmm. own house to get mm-hmm. one person mm-hmm. to care. <laughs> I, just want, I feel like if I could win him over, the world is my oyster. Dominoes. Um, the we also you when you some of the flyers that you stole slash I you messed up you got. It. <laughs> uh, you brought to our, like, out with some friends. Uh-huh. And uh, so we were able to hand them out to some people. I think pushed them That's out funny, because I went in my backpack and like I was
1: like, where did they all go? <laughs> oh, yeah. We handed them out to everybody. We handed it them out. Call. We Or we forced people to take them, yeah. one or the
0: other. It yeah. was either a general handing or a forcing. Yeah. Either way, they went out. Um, <laughs> and our friend, Matt... Who was really excited about getting one, although his pockets weren't big enough, and he it illustrated it by attempting to stick it in every single one of his pockets. <laughs> his pockets were not big enough Didn't for fit. it. Uh, he told us that it was really helpful to listen to us while he was doing his uh, medical treatments. He said we some medical stuff.
1: Um, played a pivotal role in saving his life. Essentially, we saved his life. Yeah. Is what we're saying. If we never do another episode, I will die happy knowing that we <laughs> helped someone live. Yep, <laughs> you're welcome, Matt. I mean, what we're
0: trying to say is you're welcome. You're welcome, and yeah. thank you, <laughs> and thank you for listening. Thank you for being one of those tens of people. We're yeah. really we we rely on people like you.
1: That was funny. I think we got a little too excited about people being interested in the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, too excited. pretty excited. Pretty excited. I mean, we do get
0: excited when people mention that they've ever even heard about the fact that we might have a podcast. (laughs) We essentially completely lose it. We send each other um, like emojis, like celebration emojis Mm -hmm. for days Mm -hmm. because we're like one person. (laughs) Listen to us. So don't think we don't appreciate you out there. So speaking of people... um, Or doing some stuff like you were out and about with your neighbors and stuff. I did gain a new skill this week. Uh, Or I've, like, lightly started. I'm, like, super, super novice skilling on preserving food. Uh, So our plum trees riped and riped? Ripened? Riped? Anyways, it was time to get them plums. (laughs) (laughs) The plums were coming. They were raining down. The funniest thing is we went out one day and got all of the plums. Like, we shook the tree and all the plums that came down were that were ready. And the next day we went and uh, some people who had been walking by were like, like, hey, whose plums are these? We're going to take some because they never, they never uh, do anything with these this fruit. And I'm like, yeah, there are trees, but you're welcome to have some of them. And they're like, yeah, they should do something about this. And like, I'm like, it's, it's
1: mine. Again.
0: And I do. <laughs> hey, literally, I'm carrying a bucket of plums in my arms right now.
1: So I don't.
0: <laughs> I hear you. I agree. Those people. Those people. Those people need Ugh. to do something with their fruit. Um, so we went and you know got all that stuff together, uh, and of course then Leaf checked out of the entire situation from then on out. Mm-hmm. But uh, what I did, I found a recipe because it's kind of an intimidating thing to start because there's special tools for mm-hmm. it, and there's such a vast array of and ways to deal a long with it.
1: Time. Yeah,
0: and everybody has like their family recipes uh-huh. and like all that kind of stuff. So I found a uh, way to preserve whole plums. So essentially, you're taking the plums and putting them into, you're making like a sugar syrup. Uh, the same way you just water, like, and sugar. Like jello shots? Not jello shots. Oh. Different than jello. There's no gelatin in it. I'm checking out now, too. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and
0: then a little bit of cinnamon and anise. Like, you have to heat the jars. So you heat, yeah. you put them in the Sterilize oven, you heat them. the jars, then you put them, you know, you put the fruit and stuff inside, pour it over, you put the top on it. You crank it down, you let it set, you put them in boiling water. When you take them out of the boiling water as they cool, it sucks in Mm -hmm. as it cools, and it seals it. And uh, at the end of the day, I had a bunch of plums that were, like, it looked really pretty. Yeah. And they um, hopefully will taste good. Leaf immediately was like, "Uh, what do you do with these plums? And I'm (laughs) like, you eat them? And he's like, yeah, but... I'm like, have you ever eaten a plum before? Beautiful. And uh, so I feel really good about that. It was really cool when the whole process was done, and I went to like tap the top of it, mm-hmm. and it was actually sealed.
1: Yeah, you're like, I did it.
0: And so they recommend not more than 18 months, but now I have these for 18, like a year and a half. Mm-hmm. These plums can be a- get them away in for Christmas next use. year. Exactly. Don't uh, think you're not getting any yeah. plums. Yeah, it's, it's I have
1: canned before, but only with someone who already knew how to do it. Yep. Um, we did plum jam. Oh, nice. And it was like, um, they're apricot plums. And it was okay, but I didn't exactly follow the rule. I was like, oh, yeah, we'll just do a little of this, a little of that. And it turned out way soupy. So you really do have to follow a recipe yeah. with this, which can also kind of make it easier, too, that just follow the directions. For sure. And then we also made mint jelly. Oh, nice. Which... You're like, but what do you use mint jelly for? I love Lamb. mint jelly. Lamb. Yeah. What else? I love mint jelly. Just on a cracker. Oh. Okay. Like pepper
0: jelly is one of my favorite. Oh,
1: favorite pepper things. jelly. Yeah. Mint jelly, those. I do thing, though. You can put a little cracker with some cream cheese and some mint jelly on it. Well, I don't have any more. I was like, here's well, a What would you do with it? I ate it. And I gave <laughs> it away for Christmas. But when you
0: say it was soupy, <laughs> do, you, do you still, was it still like you could put it on toast? Oh, yeah. It just yeah. Yeah. wasn't no, the consistency it, yeah. you wanted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, But I do want to say that part of being able to approach the whole process and feeling like I was capable of doing it was uh, my friend's book, uh, Homesteading from Scratch, Uh, my friend Stephen Jones, who I've known since Since I was... 14 15 years old and uh, he and his family started homesteading a little while ago and he's a great writer and he decided to work on this project the pictures are beautiful mm-hmm. And the way that he kind of approaches all the subjects is not to be a super expert on it, but to get you started <laughs> with the general knowledge.
1: Sounds familiar. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Much like this podcast. But it, for instance, his uh, the chapter he has on canning, it is it was like, oh, I totally understand all the tools I need. I now understand there are different kinds of canning. Like, Mm -hmm. I didn't know, like, there's different, like, kind of high-pressure canning. Mm -hmm. You know, like, there's different styles and stuff. It just was things I didn't even know. And, you know, just being able to read through that and feel like I had a general knowledge to then be able to go on the Internet and specify what kind of recipe that I was looking for Mm -hmm. because I better understood kind of that part. So, again, uh, this book is called Homesteading from Scratch. It's by Stephen Jones. It's a great read. You can get it off of Amazon. Uh, so grab it, and then you can start homesteading yourself. Woo-hoo. He talks about all sorts of things.
1: Yeah, because that's good stuff to have in emergencies. So you're not just eating freeze-dried meals. You have fruit that's actually really nutritious. For sure. And it's pretty cheap when and you if, get down the line.
0: And if you're looking at a societal collapse situation, being able to understand how to get through the winters, yeah. like even with this kind of general knowledge so that you're not uh, – Dying. Starving, yeah, mm-hmm. you're not, you're essentially being able to kind of put off calories until later, which is
1: important. Yeah. For in the survival, a real long term survival situation. Before the disaster, we're trying to fight calories as much as possible. Yep. I'm trying to look good.
0: Yep. Trying to get afterwards. Skinny. I'm like,
1: give them all to me. <laughs> I want them all. Do
0: you have any calories? <laughs> Are they in the form of a human? <laughs> is it a small human? Delicious. <laughs> Tender. Oi. Um. So you want to talk about the our main subject today? Didn't you watch a movie? Oh yeah, you want to start there? Yeah. So as you guys know, we're always trying to media up a little bit and check out what the what the world of entertainment has to offer us in our survival needs. <laughs> I watched the take it away. I didn't watch it two thousand <laughs> movie with Dennis Quaid um, called Frequency. Uh, it was. Nonsense. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the thing. I don't know how much I'm into dramas just in general. Uh-huh. And it was based on the fact that this guy finds his dad's old ham radio. And his dad had been a firefighter and had died 30 years beforehand. And there's an Aurora Borealis that's happening, like, on both ends. Like, that was happening in, the in like, 1970 and in 2000 when this movie is set. Uh-huh. And, uh... They somehow talk to each other across time. The ham radio is haunted? The ham radio is, the Aurora Borealis is making it where the ham radio can talk to each other. So what I learned is ham radios are magical. Wow. (laughs) Again. Again. If you can go to an Aurora Borealis, you could essentially travel time with the ham radio. Okay. But only with your voice. You can't go there in person. Your voice can travel. Oh. But then it was like too boring for me to finish, so I did too borealis for you. (laughs) Too
1: borealis.
0: (laughs) I like it. That was a good joke. It was a good joke. (laughs) Mm I like how sometimes when you're getting your little pun jokes out, you, like, back away from the microphone. Wait, like, wait for it. It's going like, to be big. You're like, mate, and I'll say it really quietly. <laughs> and no one will know that I made this <laughs> joke over here. But that's kind of how you are in real life. You have, you're like one of those people you have to be sitting next to, to, like, hear all your funny jokes. Yeah, I say something and then I slink away. Yeah. And then I repeat it ten times louder and then everybody's like, Danny's hilarious. And I'm like, "Ah, nah. I'm fine with it. I know when to repeat a good joke louder. <laughs>
1: Please selectively choose which it's jokes not to say again. And that's you. You're cultivating um, all the jokes. So I want
0: what I learned from this is that I saved you from ever watching this movie. Thank you. And everybody else listening. I do think that if anyone else knows any ham radio movies, yeah. I'm into knowing
1: what those ham radio movies are. Yeah. And, and do will sh- find out why we're so into ham radios when we right talk now. about the actual subject of this podcast. <laughs>
0: Other than my re- my deep research into frequency,
1: um, we went and did an activity together. It was on the 29th. Yeah, it really brought our relationship to a new level, <laughs> as well as the podcast. The
0: I po- think I think it really united the podcast and our personal relationship in a like
1: firm mm-hmm. like handshake of and love. About twenty other people that were there. Yep. They're all listening now. I know it. (laughs) I know it. They wrote it down. So
0: Seattle has this, uh, and we've talked about it a little bit before. We talked about Seattle's hub system in a very general kind of form of after a disaster. Uh, The way that Seattle wants its citizens to deal with uh, the disaster is for them to have centralized locations within their neighborhood to report to. I may have talked a little bit negatively about it mm-hmm. the first time that we talked about it.
1: <laughs> yeah, but we learned more about what it is. So we, we learned
0: a lot more. So now, like, we really want to talk about um, like how I do think that it is going to be very helpful, and you know what it was. Mm-hmm. Do you want to talk about what it kind of how you find it? and that Yeah. Stuff?
1: So this is the Seattle Emergency Hubs, and this was born out of um, the FEMA report that kind of projected what the disaster was going to be after this 9.0, I want to say mythical earthquake, but no, it's coming. So they want to help prepare for this. So they did this Cascadia rising, which is the name of the simulation. And their projections were originally that people had to have enough supplies to be in place without any support from the city for three days, three days, three ways was what they said, after the first simulation, they realized that that was not going to be nearly enough preparation and what the, the systems that they had in place were not going to be enough to reach everybody in the city after a big disaster. So they upped that to seven to 10 days of emergency preparedness, which is what we've talked about before, um, to stay in place. But they're also um, trying to bring it more to a local level. So they've set up these emergency hubs within neighborhoods throughout the Seattle area And so we have one in Ballard. We've talked about the Loyal Heights Community Center. Uh, That is one location that people within that neighborhood can go to in order to communicate about emergency needs locally. So the people who were there were volunteers. Um, A lot of them looked retirees and people who have professional training in this area in ham radios. The coolest guys there. Yep. and so people can go to this location. They don't have supplies there. They were very clear about that. You can't come here to get water, but you can come here to tell us that you don't have any water. And we can connect you to someone who has also come to say, I have a life straw or I have a water purifying system or I have rain barrels. And they can connect you with other people. So they want to keep these solution, um, you know, these problem solving At a local level because we will not have the ability to call the city of Seattle and say, we need some water in Ballard. And they'll be like, (laughs) no. Um, And so these local hubs are then uh, connected to a spoke, and that spoke is... Shoreline Community College, I think, or yep. North Seattle Community College. I think it's North Seattle yeah. Community College. And so um, our local neighborhood hubs can communicate with them about really big emergency needs like a gas explosion. They're like, not something like a simple house fire. I was like, no, <laughs> a simple house <laughs> yeah, fire. Like, no, that's simple, <laughs> which made me think, oh, that's why they give these... Fire extinguisher classes, so we can learn how to put out fires or learn about fires in general on our own. Again, problem solve at the local level. So, this neighborhood hub can communicate with the um, with our spoke, I guess, or right maybe that's the hub and we're the spokes, and then those um, uh, those locations can then can communicate with the city of Seattle, and which has Seattle. This UW. They have a spot at
0: UW that is a primary location, and then the city of Seattle mm-hmm. has their own. Yeah. But they're essentially all of these like ladders of communication are about large scale emergency, mm-hmm. um, and just like what, like like said, they're stressing the fact that you personally having a broken leg, that's that's that is not considered an emergency no. in that level of disaster.
1: Correct. It is an emergency for sure, sure. but 100%. they're saying within your neighborhood, there's got to be other doctor, people that can help nurse. you. There's a doctor, there's a nurse, there's people with prescription meds, there's you know whatever you might need. Um, probably not prescription meds. As I say that, I'm not sharing those. Um, <laughs>
0: but there, but there might be a
1: pharmacist who can mm-hmm.
0: like access. Like they can't, they don't have it at their house, but they can know that hey, you actually need dot 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 mm-hmm. and I can get to my yeah. work location or whatever
1: yeah so this um event was uh on the July 29th so not this past Saturday but the one before um and it and was a city-wide simulation yeah so they had selected hubs I think each time they do this they have different hubs do it so at our hub there were the volunteers for that area but then also two other hubs that were not running simulations so they gathered together to do this um and so it started at 9 and it went till 12 and so Mike was gone and I had to be home with the baby, and it was nine. And I was like, crap, I gotta go and like do this. And so, you know, I wasn't too stressed about it, but I was like, I'm gonna miss out on like this really important stuff. And so he got home and I was like, okay, bye. And I like walked over there and I'm walking past one of the churches, and there's this guy standing out there with an orange vest and another woman with him with a clipboard. And they have like little lanyards on. And I was like, oh my gosh, okay, this simulation is gonna be like neighborhood wide simulation where they'll be like sending runners out and like we'll be practicing like how to communicate. I'm like, okay. Okay, I gotta like be ready for this, and so I prepare myself to come over the hill and seeing like the whole field, like with <laughs> just like disasters yeah. and all this stuff and all this thing. No, it was two folding tables, a tent, a little sunshade, and a bunch of retirees going, "Hey, are you uh, prepared for emergency? Come over here and participate in our simulation." I'm like, "Simulation? I don't see a simulation around here." <laughs> and so I was like, immediately, like, "What?" Do-? <laughs> what's what's going on here? Like, Well, you can tell us things that you have, and then we'll match you up with somebody who needs that. And I'm like, who? I'm, the, like, the only one here who's not a volunteer. <laughs> so I was, like, immediately thrown out of, like, okay, this is not a big simulation thing that I was yep. getting all excited for. Um, but I started talking to the volunteers, and they explained all this about what – is a communications hub and what the simulation was about so it was really a simulation I think for the volunteers that were there to practice so Danny and I would choose a scenario so I was um, my wife was pregnant and needed a doctor and so I had to tell my scenario to the volunteers there
0: but you and, were Oh, deaf. and I was also deaf. Yeah. You were deaf, yeah. So they
1: couldn't communicate. So the guy, like, was talking at me really loud, and I was like, I'm deaf. I can't hear you. And he's like, can you read lips? And I was like, oh, that's good. Yeah, I guess, yeah, sure, I can read lips. Um, but then they also had these cards that you could point to the picture and tell them what was going on. So then they had to interpret what you needed, and then they would fill out a form and pass it down and see, did they already have somebody that they had already communicated with that day that had those skills like that was a doctor or a midwife that could help you with that scenario. So it was their job to connect the dots. And I was like, okay, I see what the simulation is. It's a practice for them. And then we went in the communications tent, <laughs> <So> <laughs> but I want to give yeah, you a chance to talk about yeah, what I experienced walking. Yeah. Up.
0: I do. Um, for me, this is, it was exactly what I thought it was going there to be. I, know. I, I definitely in my mind, I wish it was what Lex was imagining it was going to be, but in <laughs> my mind... When we take over,
1: it will yeah. be like... <laughs> yeah, when we take over, this is going to be a whole different world. We can't do anything halfway. Uh,
0: so, like, I get their approach. I'm, like, drinking coffee. Uh, I could not be more Seattle. I'm, yeah. like, I have a milk carton that is coffee. It was like, delicious. Stumped down coffee. <laughs> coconut, made with coconut it was milk. So it good. is so good. Yeah. Um, and I'm coming up, and Lex has this look of what is total going- <laughs> hilarity, and also, like, I can't wait for you to get over here. Like, as I'm approaching, she was already, like, so excited yeah. to just be like, wait till you see what's happening mm-hmm. over here. Um, when I came up, like, of course, Lex told me a little bit about what was going on, but... Um, The thing that—because for me, I was I immediately, as we were kind of meeting people, and because there were only 10 volunteers maybe there altogether, it was really easy to kind of chat with each of them and and get to know a little bit about them. So I was asking all of them where they live, and not a single one of the people there, I don't think, lived in this neighborhood. I think a couple of them did. Yeah.
1: A couple of them did, but yeah, they were the people who were— Running the ham radio, I think one They're lived in the neighborhood. Schil-Schul. Yeah, it's Shil and then the Ballard Commons hub. Yep. So immediately we were like, oh, so th- this few amount of people here, it's going to be even fewer than that, or maybe they have other volunteers that just couldn't make it that day.
0: Yeah. But I can't imagine if this is your thing that you would miss like the, yeah. the citywide. So one of the things I will say about the, the kind of the citywide point. So definitely I think part of the, what they're trying to do here is yes, for the volunteers to have a chance to practice and to kind of work out some systems. Cause this is a brand new thing. Like mm-hmm. they are making it up as they go. Yeah. Like this, this hasn't existed before. There's not like a map of how to do this best practices people. They're doing the best they can. And then these simulations allow them to kind of work out the kinks mm-hmm. and One of the things on the city level that we were talking about was that they, part of the reason it changed from three days to seven days, of course, is like like Beck said, the FEMA report kind of changed that on a national level. But also, just the city of Seattle realized that the ability to get goods into the city. Uh, if it's not on a plane or a boat, are extremely limited. Mm -hmm. Like, the actual roadways that come to us as a city could very easily fall apart in a uh, disaster scenario. And especially if it's an earthquake or something like that, like, we have very few roadways that actually come here. Mm -hmm. So then we go from you know, having trains and all these things that could bring in food, emergency supplies, blah, 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 to then going to be limited to only a boat can get here. If. If mm-hmm. the boat can get here. So it, it, that part also was like a really interesting thing that I had no idea about that we were kind of talking about the way that that changed. But most of the uh, volunteers were just it, – it, It definitely was, like, it ranged from people who, like, this is their full-on hobby. They're ham radio people. They definitely are super into emergency preparedness. But more so community awareness. Mm -hmm. I would say they talked less about disaster and more about community, Mm -hmm. uh, which I thought was really cool. Mm
1: -hmm. Like,
0: get to know your community. You're going to be way better in a disaster because Mm -hmm. you know who's a nurse. You know who's who is a gardener you know Mm -hmm. who you know just by knowing the people who live around you so they did talk about that uh quite a bit but as i came up and like immediately lex was like hey you should do one of these (laughs) (laughs) scenarios so immediately i read my scenario and it's like you are somali and you have a baby who needs no you're somali and you have someone in your family needs a prescription yeah I changed
1: it. Yeah. Danny went rogue, <laughs> big time. <laughs> <laughs> so at the table is Maury, yep, Hugh, and Dennis. Dennis, yep. These guys are all like way in their sixties, seventies. Yep. And cute as buttons. They're delightful. Yeah. They were having a great time. Yeah. They were giggling, filling out the paperwork, making sure all the t's
0: great were crossed and eyes dotted and. Uh, So Danny turns her scenario into, (laughs) like, my baby has diarrhea Mm -hmm. and is dying and needs a prescription. Mm -hmm. And then I was pretending, like, Lex was my baby, even though she was the deaf person who needed other things. I thought we were hilarious. (laughs) They were were not prepared. (laughs) Then some guy was like, someone else got a scenario thing that said, like, you are a doctor and able to help with medical emergencies. So they mm-hmm. were like, hey, you should go help the yeah, Somali immediately. person. Immediately yeah. I'm trying to pick up Lex like a baby and be like, <laughs> Oh, this is my baby that has <laughs> diarrhea, but she's deaf. Like that.
1: Like, <laughs> also, my wife is pregnant. Also, also, also my baby's wife was pregnant.
0: <laughs> it <laughs> was really a perfect
1: situation. And they were super excited about it because they're like, We just matched up there. So yeah. And then there and I was like, so I don't understand how this is a simulation. And one of the volunteers was like, Well, imagine this, but like five hundred people here. Right. And I was like, Oh, yeah. yeah. Our whole neighborhood. I don't know how many people live on our neighborhood, ten thousand. Like a lot if, of people. Yeah. Yeah. All of those people coming here. And I was like, okay, well, we're gonna need a lot more volunteers. So I gave them all my contact information, like I could see myself in a situation going there, you know, making sure my family's safe and we're good here, but then going there and devoting time and energy to helping make these connections and just helping them get organized, just be a peon for the people who have been planning for this and like, just know to go there and, and help. Because if you can imagine, and this was definitely our major takeaway, is
0: that, there need to be more people locally involved in this to make this hub system work. So right now it's in this very infant stage of like how they're making it work. Cause like I said, that they're making it up as they go. They're doing a great job Mm -hmm. at like working out the kinks, but, uh, the more people that are involved on a neighborhood level, the more successful the program is going to be on a whole, but also the more likelihood that it's not going to be pure chaos at these hub locations. Um, Because people will have an understanding of what they are. Mm -hmm. I will say, uh, Lex, like, touched on this, but having your family secure first. Make sure your family is okay. Make sure you're going there with information that is vital, both do you have supplies, is there, you know, Mm -hmm. it's... But imagine in a disaster scenario, once you have your family safe, what else are you doing? Mm -hmm. You might as well go and help your community. If you're safe and your family is secure, why not just say, okay, I'm going for four hours now to go. Like, what if you could help one elderly person who is uh, homebound get food from a neighbor who has a bunch of stuff that's going bad? You just...
1: And they have a dog, their life, your cat. Yeah, you can go and help them with that. So you had to fill out the sheet. I mean, you didn't have to, but. We filled out this sheet that said, what can you do? Can you cook? Do you have tools? Can you take care of kids? What else can you do? And I was like, I can take care of pets, too. Yeah. I, I can see a, a couple of dogs point. in the basement with us, chilling. Yeah. Um, Someone but, you know, gets injured and all of a sudden their dog. Mm-hmm.
0: Like, if you could at least know that there was a dog at some address, even if you don't want to bring it to your house, you can at least go walk it and feed it if their um, human has yeah. had to go to the hospital it's or is in some, some kind of crisis. Yeah. yeah. I like how we're, like, constantly with a pet. Like, how are we saving these pets? (laughs) Donkeys. What kind of pet would you not want to take care of? What if somebody was like... You wouldn't take care of a snake? Nope, I'd eat it. (laughs) It would be delicious. And also, (laughs) naked and afraid makes it look really easy to clean a snake. Yeah.
1: So. No, I mean, of course I'd save... I wouldn't, like... And they're like, "Well, we have a snake. Can you take care of a snake?" And be like, oh, "Okay. Yeah. What do I feed it? A mouse? Well, mouse. Why don't we save a mouse instead?" <laughs> it's, yeah. It's our, um, save, save a mouse. We eat just a had snake. the best time. Okay. So then, so we talked to the volunteers and we kind of figure out what's going on. Yep. And then we're like, "What's in that tent?" And there's some all stars. Then, what's in that tent over there? Then we find out where the superstars are. <laughs> burp, 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 burp. <laughs> Man, I was like, we're going in there. So part of it, they had the Auxiliary Communication Service, and we've talked about this before, too. These are the ham radio guys. Yeah. And so they're in this um, you know, camping tent set up, and there's two guys in there and then one outside of the tent, and they have these CB radios, and they're um, waiting for communications to come in from the city. So every half hour, right? Uh, Yeah, every Every half hour. hour, On the half hour, hour, they would be ready to receive a communication. So these were updates that the city was giving in terms of, the one that we saw come in was we'll be delivering 500 porta-potties and 7,000 compostable toilets within the next week. They would get this communication from the city, and then they would be able to send their communication to the community college hub. They would then sort through all of those communications and then only relay the really important ones back to the city so they would ask for specific updates, the city yep. would. You could give your update to them, then they would give all the updates to them. Because yep. the city did not want to get and, all of the neighborhoods a, telling them they what was going really on. They were really
0: specific about that. Like, they are only allowed to report what the city has asked for. Mm-hmm. They are not allowed to do any... There are alternate ways for them. Like, they are connected to like more localized fire departments or things like that. So that if there's no phone system, if the phone system's down, they can report things like fires and things, but the city you're only allowed to report exactly what they're asking for. So they might ask you, one of their questions might be how many fatalities in your area. So you're reporting known fatalities. They might be asking, um, how many, uh, urgent level medical issues, you know, so they're, they are asking for very specific information and that's the only thing they are allowed to communicate mm-hmm. back to the city, uh, which is really interesting. And I can understand on a city level, like, okay, we have the next half hour where we're only going to be focused on dealing with sanitation. Mm-hmm. Like we're only going to be dealing with, do you have any broken sewer lines? Do you, yeah. you know, like whatever. And that gives them half an hour to create a scenario for dealing with, millions of people in their whatever issue. Mm-hmm. Um, it is scary to think about that on an individual level of, like, I'm injured.
1: Mm-hmm. My house or my is family on fire. is injured.
0: My house is on fire. Yeah, And it does make me feel like you really have to double down on that, like, neighborhood. Like, feeling like you have some kind of unity in your community and your mm-hmm. neighborhood.
1: With- and double down on your individual responsibility for preventing those things. So they have, again, these trainings from the OEM about how to turn off your water main, your gas main, and mm, something else. And your sewer, I think. Yeah. I think your sewer. So you don't have a house fire or your house doesn't get flooded right. if you know something goes wrong. So these trainings are trying to prevent all of these things that the city cannot respond to, yep. but that could turn into really bad things. And
0: I loved their computer. I had no idea. So the
1: radio is connected to a laptop there, so you can hear the message coming in, but then you can also see it typing out the message. So then they could print that message, hand it out to people, you know, other volunteers that are designated whatever, captains. And, um, then you can have that record so you don't have to like sit there and quickly write down everything that you're hearing, which I thought was super smart. Really smart. I mean, there was
0: a guy who was still practicing writing everything down because you never know when your battery backups or whatever you should be able, you should be uh, efficient at a lot of things. You also don't know what supplies any particular person might have there. Mm -hmm. So one guy might have a whole computer set up with the batteries and all that stuff to make that work. Uh, But another another guy might not. Mm -hmm. So you have to kind of keep all of those skills. So I thought it was really cool. Like in the field, they had this, I don't know, would you say it was 20-foot tall antenna? Oh, yeah. That was how they were bringing in the the ham radio signal. And then uh, also, remember last week when we were making fun of when Mike was like, oh, here's our battery backup thing. And we were (laughs) like, sweet, slash, we have no idea what you're talking about. They had the same battery yeah. backup.
1: I'm, like, I'm married to somebody who's so cool.
0: <laughs> they had the same battery backup they were using to actually run their computer system
1: yeah.
0: and their ham radio and stuff, which I thought was really cool. Yeah. And he, they had a whole set of backup batteries. Like it was really cool to see, like how even just for the simulation, they were like,
1: they it was like they brought everything so that they could see it with each other. Yeah.
0: And that was they were looking more for. like
1: the simulation that I was looking for. Yep. Like the real time. Like, okay, there are people all over the city practicing how to communicate. And I was just sitting there saying thank you. Thank you for doing this. Thank you for knowing how to do this. How can I do this? And so you can go through a certification to send messages out, but just anybody can buy a CB radio to receive messages. And I was like, I need one of these because... Just to hear it. Yeah. Yeah, So then you can also be getting these messages so you don't necessarily have to go and bother the guys in the tent. Like what's going on? Yeah. You could have have your own. And I think they said it was like 50 bucks or something. Yeah. They said...
0: Uh, With ham rodeos, you're going to be spending anywhere from $50 to $1,000, you know, depending on what you decide to put into it. Um, And then if you go the whole laptop route and the back, like, you know, Mm -hmm. it becomes an investment like any kind of hobby like that is. But it was... Fascinating. We geeked out really hard. Yeah, I'll post a video of Danny geeking out super hard. We were like the biggest <laughs> nerds. We're like, oh my God, the messages are coming. We're like telling other people to back up. They're getting messages right now. <laughs> if you could just back up. That was uh, Danny
1: telling me to back in. No, just <laughs> <laughs> oh my that was gosh. me like
0: physically moving her, and then I went back in. Yeah. For, I'm like, they need me here. Yeah. This but, is different.
1: But Danny uh, started talking to this guy, Michael, who yep. ended up making us famous. We're going to be super famous because Michael uh, interviewed us. After only ten episodes, we have our first interview in a nationally syndicated <laughs> publication about emergency yep. preparedness by is, a man who has written an ebook on emergency prep. In was it the like the Cascade Fault? Like he his
0: well his whole thing is the his publication is like an interdepartmental like no he so, wrote an ebook. I know, but I'm oh. talking about his regular, like what he writes his okay. like newsletter is for um, different government departments to be mm-hmm. able to communicate with what they're doing with each other. Mm-hmm. But yeah, his, what, the ebook that he wrote was yeah. on the whole.
1: So Matt uh, Affleck is going to read our interview and his intergovernmental publication and be like, these girls are for real. Yep. And then we haven't seen this article, <laughs> Don't know it's being written. <laughs> but it was cool to sit down and talk to another person who's genuinely interested in this, yep. um, who also kind of just stumbled into the whole topic and now is just really, um, yeah, you know, gets paid to do it. Are we getting paid yet? It was,
0: no, somebody Maybe needs we, to pay us. Somebody pay us. Somebody just give us some money. Just, just throw money at us.
1: I have a dime around here.
0: I'm sure Mike. now Mike will come in next week if he'll, like, throw some dollars Five at us dollar or bill. something. I hope it's hundreds of dollars. <laughs>
1: um, yeah. That was funny. <laughs>
0: <laughs> he but, made some good
1: points, too, that there are so many people coming to Seattle, moving here. Yep. The great migration to Seattle that, A, people don't know what resources are available, yep. or they don't know that this big earthquake is actually a really big deal. They don't know some of the disasters that are possible, like uh, big flooding from volcano eruptions or earthquakes or whatever. And then all of these people are moving into these big apartment buildings and condo complexes, and they don't know each other. They don't know what the evacuation plan is for a situation like this. They don't know what resources are there. And he identified that um, landlords have a really big opportunity to help their tenants or at least organize. He was like, my building organizes happy hours for dogs, but nobody knows like how to be, get out of the building yeah. in case of emergency. <laughs> emergency right? Case. We're like, we'll come to your uh, your <laughs> apartment complex and organize this for you. Just pay we'll, us. Be we'll be there. We will be there to <laughs> chat, but we'll also bring dogs. Also, yeah, our puppies are coming, hundred <laughs> percent.
0: Not mine because mine's a jerk who bites people. Yeah, that's fine. That's the worst. I just wear a little backpack. Security. We have so much security in our house <laughs> in the form of a fourteen-pound Chihuahua terrier. Mm-hmm. So.
1: Uh, Shout out to Michael for making us famous. Yeah, thank you so much,
0: Michael. I don't know if I'm ready for fame. I I think I've always been ready. I think that (laughs) I'm staring fame in the face right now. She's looking looking at at me. She's looking at me. I'm looking at Alexis. (laughs) Uh, But I think that walking away from the whole simulation experience, again, like I feel like I need to invest my own personal energy into like – Bringing more people together. I think the that for me, what is difficult is the Loyal Heights one is not actually my closest one, mm-hmm. but I'd, it definitely will be where I come because I would much rather be like a, in a uh, closer place to meeting up with Lex and mm-hmm. knowing that I have other friends that are in this area that we can easily find a way to go there. Uh, Together, And I'd rather just put my energy there and help. And and the more of these simulations that happen and you get to know each other and you get to know your neighbors and you get to know the people, the easier it will be in an emergency situation to be like, hey, I'm going to take over this position for four hours so that you can go and do your thing. Or, you know, we can hand that off. But, you know, there's not – it takes time to build that trust with Mm -hmm. people. And it takes time to – uh organize your thoughts and all that stuff and it it creates a shorthand for being able to handle a disaster situation when you're familiar with people's skill level rather than there being a thousand people who show up and you're like who's a doctor and now you have to filter through 25 people to find out who's a general med doctor compared to mm-hmm. who is a cardiac doctor compared to who yeah. got kicked out of their, who lost their medical license because they were over prescribing people on purpose. Danny. I, is that what
1: happened? Was I a doctor? I Pass lost life. my medical license. Life. Yeah. So yeah, this whole week has just been a thinking about the very local to, you know, the micro to the macro level. So you want to be prepared at your house. You want to be prepared with your neighbors. You want to be prepared with your neighborhood You know, however you define that. Um, And then you want to know how to stay in touch, like get a ham radio and be cool.
0: Right. Or just with your friends, have your own Mm walkie-talkies so that you can separately, you know, talk to each other about what movies you're watching on your backup battery. Like, as in the house. (laughs) I picked up some DVDs. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it makes me want to learn how to use a fire extinguisher and know how to turn off the water main and gas main and the sewer line, which I'm sure Mike can tell me all of that. So maybe
0: before our next uh, episode, we should walk through and look at that in your house. Okay. And then we could talk about it.
1: We do a Facebook live.
0: Facebook live. <laughs> right are you website. guys ready? Are you guys ready to see how famous we are? Yeah. Now that we're now that we're famous. I feel a little bit more famous. Right? It's just I'm, a feeling. I will have to brush my hair, which will be a change. And in your coming teeth. over. And my teeth. I'm <laughs> not doing it. I'm not doing it. I don't want to things. <laughs> Changing my mind. Um, but next time around, uh, we're going to talk about uh, water stuff. So we're going to get more.
1: <laughs> we're
0: gonna, Lex is going to, like, work up all of her water sounds. Yeah. Psharp. And then we're going to talk about just water issues in the city, how to find it, what to do
1: with it, how to purify it. Of course, Danny's done all the research already. I don't know anything. (laughs) I got my life straw. I'm ready for you to use that life straw. (laughs) I think it'll be good.
0: But uh, do you have anything else? Do you think that we missed anything on our simulation? I think that does it. I think it was good. I think we had a great time doing it, and I actually, all of the volunteers were lovely. Yes. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for being out there and doing it. I wish you all lived in my neighborhood. (laughs) I'm really, I feel unfortunate that you don't, but maybe that's so that we can take up, you know, more responsibility on our personal,
1: Mm -hmm.
0: on a personal level.
1: Cool. All right. So, slowly but surely, keep surviving. (laughs) Love you guys. Bye.